When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So we're watching the game on Thursday night. And obviously there's the Baker Mayfield. What would you even call it? Like comeback doesn't seem like a strong enough word. After what we saw on Monday night, to have that happen almost similarly on Thursday night, but given the circumstance for Baker Mayfield, who, what, it took 20 minutes? It's like when Travis Barker joined Blink-182 and he had, what, he had like 45 minutes to learn all the songs. It was very similar to that. But the, I, I think the one thing, though, the first play of the game, watching Devontae Adams go out there, and I know that I shouldn't sit here and celebrate the Packers' misery, but uh, I'm going to because it is hilarious watching how good the uh, – the Devontae Adams is. And you know what? I'm telling you, if the Raiders continue on this road and uh, the things are not going to work out and they're like, you know what? We should do a house cleaning. Hey, if they wanted to send Devontae Adams to Chicago, I certainly wouldn't disagree with that. But in any event, uh, I know it's the bye week. But we got a great show. And Sammy, why don't we go ahead and get started? Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, the Sick Podcast. with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. Welcome to the bi-week edition of the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Very thrilled to be with you today. We're gonna have a great guest joining us, Brendan Chagru. Uh, it's gonna be with us in just a moment, but... You know, just to take a time here to what we're going to be doing today is is reflecting a little bit and looking back on some of the things that happened this season. And despite the fact that it's so weird to be where during the bye week, we should be discussing like a postmortem. Where do we stand? But unfortunately for us, you know, the bye week is happening in week 14, which in some respects, if the Bears were challenging for a playoff spot and we're getting this late bye, that's good. But it still seems ridiculous that we would go this far into an NFL season without having a bye week. The NFL really needs to address this at some point. Not only would it be more practical to have two bye weeks for every team, uh, really stretch it out. Listen, the NFL wants to finish. They want the, the Super Bowl to lead into March Madness. I'm joking, barely. But at the same time, they really need to fix this because it's not a good situation. Like players are putting their bodies on the line. They're doing all sorts, you know, everything for our entertainment. Hey, two by weeks wouldn't be a horrible idea. Centering them in weeks 9, 10, 11, 8, 9, 10, 11, whatever it is. Centering them in one middle of the season so it's not too early, not too late. Because think about the teams that had bye weeks in week four 
or week five, what they must be going through. But in any event, um, it's good to be with you here today. We've got a great guest for you, one, as I said before. He's the one of the co-hosts of the Bear Down Chicago pod. I think he's a White Sox guy, unfortunately. But uh, he is an assistant editor uh, for the Bears Wire, where his most recent piece right now is an interview with Patrick Manley. Uh, go give that a look. Also, he's currently working on a notebook of where the Bears stand during the bye week. If that's not already out already, it will be out shortly. And uh, so why don't we bring him onto the show? Uh, please welcome Brendan Chagru. Brendan, how are you, buddy? Good to see you again. We just saw you the other night on your guys' pod. I know. Two times in one week. It's awesome. I'm doing great, Adam. Uh, I'm a little slighted, though, because my friend, what? I am a white, I'm not a White Sox fan. I'm a Cubs oh, fan. God. I got the uh, World God. Series coffee you know i'm drinking my iced coffee out of the world series cup here so uh it's been at least kind of an eventful week for baseball trying to see who the cubs are going to sign uh the white Sox aren't signing anyone so that's no. hilarious but uh yeah um appreciate the plug uh patrick manley was an outstanding guest uh talking about his long snapper award uh for the collegiate level and he is 100% in agreement with you and me about the late bye week. He thinks it's – he hates it, thinks it's dumb. I hate it. I, the fact that we're almost to Christmas and the Bears have a yeah. bye week, that's just not right. Yeah, I don't know what the NFL is thinking. I know they're trying to maximize it. And you know what? I know they don't necessarily care, but if they are going to make such a push to, to have fantasy football and they're going to promote NFL fantasy football and they want everybody to play fantasy football – then you cannot put six teams on a bye right before the fantasy playoffs start. Because you started Jonathan Taylor, you drafted him, and you're like, oh, I need to win and get in because Jonathan Taylor's been struggling this year. Oh, he's on a bye. Unbelievable. Um, but it is what it is. I don't know. It's one of those things that we always like, it seems to like saber rattle about, like, we need to stop doing this. And people are like, yeah, it's a good idea. And then nothing ever happens of it. I have plenty of ideas of, of ways to uh, to improve the NFL but you know what? Enough about that. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears. I want to do a little best and worst with you and go through some of the best things and some of the worst things that happened this year. And so I think this start off the most obvious. So let's just get it out of the way. Justin Fields, has he exceeded your expectations? Has he met your expectations? What, what were you thinking about Justin Fields coming into the season? And how would you encapsulate his start to this year? When you look at the total picture... I think he's kind of met expectations from a playmaking standpoint because I kind of comped it to what Jalen Hurts did last year in his second year. And I was looking at the stats, looking at the numbers. He was a great rushing quarterback. His passing improved. And I think he finished the season with like 3,200 yards passing, 700 yards rushing. And I'm like, if the if Justin Fields can get something like that, I'll be satisfied. Now, his rushing has completely blown everything out of the water. His playmaking ability, I think, has exceeded expectations. But I think from just like a development standpoint, from going from the start of the season to where we're at now, I actually kind of think he's met them overall. So I'm very pleased with it. I mean, I don't know how you can sit here in week 14, look back at what Justin Fields has said and say, ah, I need to see. I, I, I'm not satisfied with what I've seen so far. He can improve. <clears throat> But my gosh, he's so good. He's so impressive. The playmaking ability, like there's there's barely anything like it. We we ha really haven't seen this before, especially as a Bears quarterback. Yeah, I remember talking to you about this in August, and you know, my I similarly 
felt the Eagles were the trajectory of a team that you would want to match. Somebody that, you know, perhaps it might take them a couple of games to really get rolling. But once they figured it out, they were right there. And I know a lot of people will come in and be like, well, didn't you pick them to win nine games, 10 games? I'm like, I absolutely did. But if you look at it, I was sort of spot on. We were spot on. Those first four weeks or so, a little bit of a struggle getting to know each other. You know what? You're on a first date. Like, whatever. Like, hey, how do you do? You don't like olives? Okay, we'll make sure there's no olives there. No, anything like that. But then it started to pick up. And, and something clicked when they went into the mini bye week, went up there to New England, destroyed the Patriots. And then you're like, oh, we might be onto something. And, of course, since that time, Justin Fields has been one of the most talked about quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL, because not only do Bears fans love him, Fantasy football enthusiasts, again, are also like, oh, what's up with Justin Fields? We need him to play. We need to do this. You know, the Jets game, like, listen, I don't care if he plays in the, against the Jets or not. Like, we need him healthy for the rest of the year. I want to beat Green Bay and things like that. Hmm. So I look at it like, yeah, that's exactly what should have happened. And based on his production alone, the Bears should have won a lot of those games, if not all of them. Perhaps maybe not the New York Jets game because he wasn't playing. But, yeah, they were in it. And so for me, when I look at Justin Fields, and everybody's raving about him or doing, you know, going overboard, heaping him with praise, which is great, which we should. He's exactly where I think that he should be. I think he passes very well. I think that we saw that in the Green Bay game. He can make a pass. He can make some things. And, you know, we broke down on Tuesday night, you know, what happened with the with the final interception. So I won't go back and rehash that. But he's been right there. And he's been everything that I've wanted him to be. So that's been exciting to see. What do you think over the next couple of games? What do you want to see out of Justin Fields? Or have you seen enough? I, you you kind of have seen a lot of what you've wanted to see, but I, I do want to see exactly what we saw from the Packers game. We know this guy can run. We know he can make any defender miss. I want to see him continue to stand in the pocket, make those big throws, get better protection, because last week was easily the best the offensive line has performed. And look what happened. He had an 80% completion rate. He had two big passes. He was stupidly accurate i mean take away the two interceptions i mean he missed like just one or two passes everything else was on the money Mm -hmm. so i want i do want to see him continue to develop as a pocket passer we know he can do it just continue to string along those those good performances and let's just see what you can do going into the end of the season i think that there's been a little conversation this week that the bears should shut him down for the rest of the year like he's not healthy he is not a finished product yet. He's no. very good and he's continuing to develop. You need those, you need that development for the next few games. And look, when he had the shoulder injury, I came out a little bit against Matt Eberflus saying, Well, it's up to him. And I'm like, it's really not up to him. But yeah, don't do it. Yeah, don't do that. Um they they had some really good gamesmanship, I thought, but they they showed their work when they said. He needed to check all these boxes with the medical personnel. The GM needed to sign off on it. The coach needed to sign off on it. That's why he missed the Jets game. He was clearly healthy enough to play against the Packers. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's not going to be a setback during the bye week. God, you know, God willing, let him play and let him continue to develop against a few really good defenses. This is going to be a fantastic test for him going up against the Bills defense or uh, against the Eagles defense, then the Bills defense, like let's see what it continues to have, you know, go out on a high note. Yeah. Don't play scared. And you know what? He's a, he's a grown ass man. He can go out there and if he can play, if he's cleared, let him go out and play. I love what you're talking about too. I think that, you know, Luke can dial back on the designed runs. And if we have more three and outs, 
or something happens and, or he makes a couple of interceptions. Like I don't mind if he makes mistakes, you know, the, the, the one against green Bay was a little excruciating because number one, I, I kind of thought that was on equanimous St. Brown, even though my quarterback friend would not come out and fully endorse that. I'm like, I'm going to glean that because if that was your receiver, you would have been yelling at him. But I, I don't care if he makes mistakes the rest of the way. Like I want him to learn from those mistakes. He, he, now he, he's had an opportunity to go back and look at the film and say like, oh, I could have done this. I could have looked this way, maybe done this. That's fine. That's where the Bears are right now. That's why he needs to play. So if he gets adopt, so if he makes those mistakes, he's a little bit more, you know, aware of what he needs to do. So I want him to go out there and play. And you know what? Whatever happens. I guess the worst part, though, uh, to stick with the theme, the worst part about it is the people who still suggest that he's a running back. Like, okay, I saw a game. I was looking about it. I was looking this week. And Josh Allen had statistically his worst passing game against the Jets earlier in week nine. He he threw for 205 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. His passer rating was below 50. And yet people talk about like, well, he still played pretty well. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, well, he rushed for 85 yards and two touchdowns. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So did people suggest after that game that Josh Allen did great for a running back or not? And uh, well, no, but it, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that's a detriment so much all the time. I mean, I know why. I know why they don't make that distinction, but I hope at some point, and I don't think we'll ever erase the haters, but I think the worst part of it is people being dumb. And it are just, I think at this point, you're just a troll if you're not accepting of the fact that Justin Fields is a quarterback or is a yeah. good quarterback. You're just watching the highlights. And yes, he's got impressive running highlights, but you see the passing <clears throat> come out more and more. I mean, we talked about the Packers game. Look at the Falcons game when he's making yeah. plays happen and he's continuing to look downfield. And I mean, we talked a little bit about his progression. Look at some of the throws he missed early in the season. The one mm-hmm. throw to Ryan Griffin in oh, the uh, Commanders yeah. game. Didn't miss that again. The interception now we're talking about against the Packers. I don't think he's throwing that same ball. He is not making those mistakes twice. And, yeah, for the people who just keep saying, oh, he's really good for a running back playing quarterback, it, it it's coming. He's going to do yeah. the same thing to your team. It's it's going to happen, and I look forward to seeing him both run the ball past every single defender and also beat you with his really freaking good arm. He's got an insane deep ball. He's got a really nice pass. It's coming. That's all I'm going to say. We know it's coming. The league is the league is going to be on notice in 2023. If they aren't already, they should yeah. be, and it's and it's good to uh, be able to clear the air on this Justin Fields nonsense or the praise and the nonsense, but I want to let everybody know that we spend 90% of our time indoors and indoor air is so much more dirtier. It's at least five times dirtier than the air that we breathe outside. So an air pura air purifier can remove tobacco smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, uh, wildfire smoke, chemicals, and of course, viruses that the kids bring home from school. You know what? An air pura air purifier can help fight against those things. It's not a hundred percent, but listen, it fights against those things. It helps keep your family healthier. I know that, you know, my kids, they go, they're little four and seven and all the other kids in class have these little viruses, but our kids are hanging strong. I don't want to say it's all the air pure air purifier, but it certainly helps. It is a strong line of defense. And of course, if you go to airpura.com right now, use the code six, seven, you'll get 7% off your order. Go on and do it today. All right. We're going to continue here with some of the best and worst. What has been the best surprise for you this season? I think that's easy. I think it's Jack Sanborn. 
Ooh. I mean, my goodness, the guy, he flashed a little bit in the preseason now. And this was also when the Roquan Smith saga was going on. They just signed Nicholas Morrow and in comes this undrafted linebacker from Wisconsin. And there was some buzz already about him. Mm-hmm. But if you had said back in August after his performance against the Chiefs, that this guy is going to be one of your best defenders, not let yeah. alone like linebackers, best defenders on the team right now. He's going to be racking up double digit tackles tons of tfls I, I wouldn't have believed you and i would have said like what what happened to roquan but that's a whole nother conversation yeah uh but no jack sanborn i think easily the best surprise with how he's performed he stepped into a really tough situation stepping in where a leader has been you know been traded he's had to come in and maybe he's not like the same like athletic player that roquan smith is but he's got instincts and he knows when to make tackles and he's just a baller he's a he's a football player so yeah i'm really excited that uh we've seen really good things out of him this season and he's played his way into a starting job at least to start the 2023 season at this point absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly that was a good one that was one of the ones i was thinking about as well but i'm all i'll I'll say tevin i had two just in case uh but i'm gonna say tevin jenkins and where we were in august the beginning of training camp i know in early august i was at hallis hall Tevin Jenkins wasn't even practicing. I don't even think we would see him. He might have come out by the time that I got there, but we didn't see him. We didn't know what was going on. There were rumors that he was going to be traded or what have you. He was buried on the depth chart. And then the Bears made the switch and put him at right guard. And I would say that he's perhaps our best lineman right now. I don't think I'm going to say perhaps he is. He's our best lineman right now. He's a mean player. And one of the things that we expected out of him when he came out of Oklahoma State was that he was going to set a tone on the offensive line. And it's, you know, as, as young as, you know, think about this, Justin Fields, second-year quarterback, continuing to, to develop. Tevin Jenkins is that way, too. And he's only going to get better, and he's going to get stronger, and he's going to be more adept at the NFL game. And that's one of the things I'm really excited about next season because he is going to be a guy. I remember, was it the Cowboys game where somebody pulled his helmet off, and I'm like, oh, somebody's going to get hurt. Like, somebody's <laughs> going to get it. And we see it a lot. Like, he handles these guys – with almost relative ease. And so one of the things about this offensive line, and I guess I could make this an overarching thing about the offensive line, which has played a lot better than I think a lot of people will give it credit for. And obviously Justin being able to run is a huge part of that, but they're coming together and it's not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. There are a couple of pieces that could make it better. Like I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying that they're the 90s Cowboys, but they are going to be much improved next year, even coming off an improvement from this season. And they will be looking strong because of Tevin Jenkins. It'll be a thing, too, um, with the Angels. The Angels last year, I'm sorry, I don't mean that. I, I know I always, I'm, I'm good for at least one Angels tangent, but the Angels starters last year were sixth in, in ERA. And yet every year you watch MLB Network, they, uh, the winter meetings are going on in San Diego or they finished in San Diego, whatever. All they do is like, oh, the Angels, you know, they, they're about a, they, they need pitching. And you're like, okay, they really don't like their offense. Like their offense was terrible last year. That's what kept them out of the playoffs. The Bears' offensive line is going to be the same thing. Where they're going to be like, ah, they just need linemen. Like, I mean, yeah, we can we can improve. We can improve at right tackle. We could probably obviously improve at center. But that's mm-hmm. it. It's not like this is some disaster that's just opened the floodgates every time. So I think that thanks to Tevin Jenkins and some of the work on the offensive line, we're We're not a finished product, uh, but we're in good shape. What about, I don't want to spend too much time on the worst stuff. I just think it's a catchy headline for for YouTube. Uh, Best and worst. Is there (laughs) something about though? What, has there been something that you were like, I was completely wrong about that, like a bad surprise in your estimation? 
I'll take that I as think, a no. Yeah, no, no, I definitely was. Uh, I looked at it more as a worst player or maybe just worst situation. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, you could do that. So, and the first thing that came up came to mind was, you know what? I'll I'll lump these two together because I I was going back and forth between both uh, Travis Gibson and Al Kadeen Muhammad as pass mm-hmm. rushers. Oh uh, yeah, Al Kadeen is easily I think the worst player on the defense, and I don't I feel bad saying that. Comes over from the Colts as an Ibrafus guy. He has made little to no impact, I feel like, on the game. He's got, what, just 23 tackles, one sack, zero tackles for loss. As a defensive end, zero tackles tackles for loss at this point. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, just two QB hits. I mean, Travis Gibson, one of the probably the biggest disappointing player. He's got two sacks that happened earlier in the season. Uh, we Everybody thought he was going to be a breakout player. He was... I think number nine or number eight on my most important players going into the season. So just the combination of them, we knew that Robert Quinn probably wasn't going to be around for much longer. You needed these two guys to come together and just the pass rush has been abysmal. I I think the interior has been okay. They've been like mediocre at best, but the edge rushers uh, it's a problem. Yeah. That was one of the ones I was thinking about too, the inability to get to the quarterback at all. And it might be, and it's not really, I was thinking to myself, was this recency bias because of what we saw on Sunday? But I'm like, no, nah, it's kind of been that way. Yeah, They haven't really gotten many timely hits. Now they did step up at times. I think in the, the Miami game and some of these other contests that ended up being one score contest, it was a little bit because the defense did make a slight adjustment here and there. But what we saw in the beginning of the year is that, you know, the offense would have their way with the defense in the first half. And then they're really good in the second half. You're like, okay, they're making adjustments. They're moving on. That just, there really hasn't been a continued sustained growth. And again, I'm willing to, to write it off of like, look, they just need more personnel. They need that three technique. Uh, they need to come through. And I think that's it. I think the defensive line was kind of a, a, a little bit of a bigger thing. I think Cairo Santos actually missing a field goal. That was, that's shocking. That is shocking. So it is one of those things, but again, Entirely fixable through the free agency or through the draft. And there we go. What about best surprise as a player, though? Like, who who is somebody that you're like, oh, wait, we already did Jackson Edward. I wanted to, I wanted to circle around because um, I wanted to talk about Cole Komet. And I did, too. About- <laughs> so let's let's bring that up for a moment. Let's let's talk about Cole Komet. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I've been very hopeful of what Cole Komet could bring to this team. And I think that, you know, this is what we're finally starting to see. Has he surprised you? Has he been a, has he been a, a, how have you felt about his play? I felt great about his play and he has surprised me in the sense of he looks like a much better route runner and pass catcher. I've said it Mm -hmm. multiple times this year. You look at the, the catch he made on the sideline against the Patriots. I'm like 2020 or 2021 Cole Komet does not make that play. Not Some a, of the like, uh, the Falcons catch where he goes up one-handed while being hit. 2021, Cole Komet doesn't make that play. He was a clunky route runner and pass catcher for the first couple of years of his uh, being in the league. This year, you can look at the stats and you can you know be appreciative of the five touchdowns, which is fantastic. But just watching him get in and out of his breaks, he looks so much more fluid. I mean, he's got, what, 35 catches on 50 targets. That's 70% of his passes are being caught. Travis Kelsey's at 71. I don't know many other tight ends that are close to 70. Most of them are in like the 65 to 
67%. So mm -hmm. when the ball's going his way, he's making it count. He's had much better hands this year. I think his game all around has improved drastically. And that's exactly what you wanted to see because we know that tight ends, they take a while to develop. It's not, it's not something that's not a position that you can come in day one and excel at, at the next level. So yeah, Cole Komet was easily on my list and uh shout out to Ryan Dangle. I know he's a big Cole Komet fan and we've been, you know, agreeing about that. Uh, there's been some Cole Komet uh, arguments on our podcast over the last month about just how good of a player he is, but uh, we're in agreement that he looks really, really good this year. Ryan Dangle, the only member of your podcast who's not appeared on the show. And uh, I feel bad about that. I always, I, I, I told him on Sunday, I go, Oh yeah, I need to fix that at some point. And then we, we keep trying at some point we will get the schedules aligned. And it'll be fine. Maybe we'll get him. I told him, because the way his schedule works out, we might have him on Tuesday. He might join Carmen Vitali and me, so oh, we nice. can go in. Because again, we're not going to have a game to talk of. So I'm like, right. oh, this would be good. And I want to make sure that uh, that Cole Com or that Cole Komet, that he's he's in favor. He's a pro Komet guy. Because I I love Komet when we drafted him, and I've always been a big believer in his ability and what he'll be able to eventually contribute. I think that if you look at Travis Kelsey's first couple of seasons in the league, you know he. He really struggled to get going before he eventually took off. And I've said this before on the NFL Network, and I will say it here again. When you see Cole Komet wearing number 85, you can't help but think of another 85 in the league who was a Bears fan who went to Iowa. And so you're like, hey, you know, we want him to be our version of George Kittle. And he's certainly not at the level that Kittle was a couple of years ago when he was breaking mm -hmm. records. But the Kittle that we've seen over the last couple of seasons, I think that Cole Komet's kind of better than the modern day that because right now George Kittle and this might sound like blasphemy and people might think I'm insane and I love George Kittle I'm a huge Kittle guy I've off you've seen me uh I did a jersey swap like I commissioned one of our social media people like can you do a Cole or a George Kittle jersey swap just because I'd love to see it at some point but if you look at his role in the San Francisco 49ers offense he's a great blocker mm -hmm. and he catches the football and he kind of you know he's not asked to carry the team similar to what Travis Kelsey is but he's a way better blocker than Kelsey is. And I think that's kind of what Cole Komet is right now. It's like, I listen, I'm not insane. I'm not a crazy person, but at some point you gotta be like, what is, what is, what is Kittle giving the 49ers right now that Cole Komet isn't like he blocks. He doesn't go down on first contact. He makes great catches. I don't even know how many touchdowns George Kittle has, but I don't know. I, I know people will be, I, I know if you're not a fan of the bears, you will be like, you're an, you're an idiot, but you know what? <laughs> I think that's a great, no, I think that's a great comp. I've actually thought about that. Um, I don't think I've put it like in writing or anything, but I'm like, you know, Cole Komet is a willing blocker, just like George Kittle. We want him to be this Travis Kelsey type, but having a George Kittle type who's willing to play, you know, with his hand in the dirt, like that's not a bad thing. And I mean, not to pile on him. I love George Kittle. Cole Komet's been more durable. I mean, yeah. you know, I know Kittle's a little bit older, but over the past few seasons, Komet's been able to, you know, be on the field a little bit more. So it's a great comp. I love it. No, and I will uh, at some point write that. And it's hard because George follows me on Twitter, so I don't want him to get too upset, and which is why I'm – but I, but still, I will make that – I will make that comparison, and I'll say that. And so, thank you. And so it's um, – I'm cool with it. You know what? I'm – I'll, I'll probably wear that during the off season oh, yeah. and you I know have what? to do it. Tight ends are a fraternity. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. 
I, uh, I that, it's the kind of thing that George is super cool that if I ever get a chance to be in his presence, I'm going to tell him, I'm like, Cole Komet's better than you. Right. And just, cause I know that he's fun <laughs> and he would do that, but I, I don't want to put it out there in a tweet or something because there's no context to it. But if George and I, I'll probably see him at WrestleMania and then uh, I'll get it on video. Oh God, that's what I should do. I should get it on video. Um, and just let him know because he'll come by the NFL Network, I'm sure. And but in any event, we're now veering. To, no, we're still talking, talking Bears. We're we're fine. I will say this though: I love Cole Komet, and I think moving forward, he's going to be a huge piece. I also, I'm also a little bit stung that um, we didn't get better. That our receivers, outside of you know a few plays here or there, that somebody didn't really step up. Did that shock you at all? A little bit. I, I thought that Byron Pringle was going to be that guy, just knowing that it, what he did in Kansas City and kind of seeing a similar play style with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Fields in the sense that they can make, they can improv and make something out mm-hmm. of nothing. That's where Pringle really excelled. I will say, and he's gotten a lot of flack, and I think deservedly so. Equinemia St. Brown has exceeded yeah. my expectations. Ooh. And, but they were really low. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought this guy was going to be like the wide receiver five. He was going to have like 10 catches on the year. So I, in the, I, sh- I don't want them relying on him late in the fourth quarter, but I think when you can, when you see some of those plays run blocking plays, some of those bigger pass catching plays that happen early in the game, I didn't expect to see that when they signed him personally. Yeah. So my bar was really low, but I was in a sense, a little bit, surprised at what uh, Equinemia St. Brown was able to provide and to an extent Dante Pettis too. I didn't think Dante Pettis was going to, was going to make the team uh, Yeah, I, like coming out of camp. I thought he was just going to be a camp body. So seeing him make some of those deep balls uh, from fields, I think was pretty good, but y- yeah, not seeing anybody like actually step up and be a true number two to what Mooney and well, I guess you could say Komet as a pass catcher has been uh, that's been disappointing. No, for real. And, you know, it's not like we felt like either one of those guys were going to be like huge fantasy options. And speaking of fantasy football, underdog fantasy is the best way to play fantasy football. It's super easy to sign up. Go to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the app, sign up right now, use the code SICK, and underdog fantasy will match your initial deposit up to $100. Up to $100. Let me tell you, if you deposit 100 bucks. Underdog Fantasy will match it with 100 bucks. If you open up an offer up with 25 bucks, Underdog Fantasy will give you 25 bucks. It is one of the greatest ways to play fantasy football. If you've missed your playoffs, still want to be in on the action, you want to regret drafting guys like Kyle Pitts, maybe you drafted James Cook too early. Mistakes were made. I understand that. You can go to Underdog Fantasy right now, sign up, get $100 free dollars. Just by depositing 100 bucks, it'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot of great things to – listen, it's not just straight fantasy football. There's contests. There's all sorts of things. And you know what? Here's my thing. Sign up for Underdog Fantasy right now. Put the app on your phone. You won't be disappointed. All right. Um, let's talk about best moment of the season. I know we got to get going here. Um, give me your best moment. I don't even want to do worst moment of the season. How about this? Losing to the Packers. Worst moments of the season. Covered. Best moment of the season, Brandon. What do you got? For what it's worth, my worst moment was the end of the Commanders game because I was at the game and it sucked. Oh, <laughs> my God. That was terrible. <laughs> but the best moment, I was between two, um, and I really want to really pick the slip and slide, but the Miami run, the 67-yard touchdown run against Miami. One, mm-hmm. I know it was against uh, – it was in a loss, but 
that's the moment you can pinpoint where everybody started to look at Justin Fields and say, oh, he could be good versus this guy's good. That's when the national conversation really started. And that was basically the first big highlight play that we saw this season where it's like this guy is special. And he was, you know, trying to pass pump, uh, pump fake, wasn't touched. Uh, You can pinpoint that moment and say that's where things really started to change with the narrative of Justin Fields. So, uh, yeah, that was that was a really, really cool moment. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to say the Monday night football game against the New England Patriots. Again, the slip and slide. If somebody puts that out there, that's fine with me. I love the Monday night game against the New England Patriots because the producer of our show came out before that game. We're doing our pre-production meeting. And he goes, Adam, if the Bears win, he's like, I'm going to give you three minutes to say whatever you want. And then everybody laughed. And I'm like, oh, you mother. Like, <laughs> All right, you're going to see it. And then I was able afterwards to go out and do that little thing you probably saw on social media where I did that. I, I was I mimicked the way my uncle used to talk. And so that's what because like somebody was like, that's the worst act. I'm like, I'm imitating my uncle, stupid, because my dad never had a Chicago act like you would never know it. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Well, he lived in the sticks. He lived in Sterling. So that's where he grew up. He didn't grow up in the city. But I would say that was the moment where you're like, you know what? That was a fun moment. It was a national game. It was one of those spotlight games. Justin played out of his mind and really set the course of what we were going to see for the rest of the season. So that will be it. And so those are three. I think those those uh, those moments for me also stand out as well. Playing well against and rallying against the Cowboys was awesome too. Rallying against these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they fell short, I think it was still important. But listen, I want to thank you for being here. I know you're a very busy man. We have, we appreciate you making some time, especially here on short notice. Uh, go to the Bears Wire. What is it? Bearswire.com? Yep, bearswire.com. Uh, I'll have my bye week takeaways done uh, at some point on Friday. So uh, make so sure much. to check those out. Uh, follow everybody that's there. Alyssa Barbieri does a fantastic job. Um, and then our Bear Down Chicago podcast. Once again, we can't thank you enough for coming on last week. Oh, it was stop. a lot of fun. It was no, it was a lot of fun. I know you're busy as well. Uh, you know, being you know being great with the NFL Network. Uh, so we have another episode coming out on Sunday, and uh, we do uh, weekly episodes, and sometimes we'll do pregame episodes as well. So make sure to check me out there with uh, oh. oh with Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, and Logan Bradley. Got to make sure I shot those guys out. Oh, please do. Yeah, we uh, we you know what? I don't know if Logan's been on either, but uh, we got to get everybody. We got to make sure everybody's covered because I enjoy your work and I enjoy your pod, and I know. Um, you guys do a great job. I've been talking to Jack about some things too. And I'm like, you know what? I'm impressed with you guys. I love that. I love the passion that you bring. And it's always a lot of fun to be here, either here or there with you. So I appreciate it, but go do your thing. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Adam. Take care. All right. There he goes. The great Brendan Chagru. Uh, the Bear Down Chicago pod Sunday nights. Uh, that's when they record it. Then they drop it on Mondays. If I'm not mistaken, it's Mondays. Yeah, they don't drop it then. It doesn't matter. You're not going to, you know what? But here's the thing. Um, Really appreciate having him on. He came on last minute notice. So we really do appreciate that. I do want to let everybody know that uh, we'll have, we'll be back on Tuesday for the Take It to the Rank. We'll be doing that. And of course, Carmen Vitale will be with us and we're going to be trying to bring in Ryan Dangle. So you don't want to miss that. It's kind of weird trying to figure out what we're going to do with the, um, with the, with the bye week. Like, what are we doing? Like, what do we do? You watch games? Do you not watch games? Do you play fantasy football? By the way, I know that uh, normally we, we would go to Fantasy Island, but we got to, I will tell you this watch NFL Fantasy Life. All my takes are right there. Uh, but actually, I'm going to be joining uh, Andy McNamara. So maybe, maybe if Andy will allow it, uh, we'll take some of his 
you know, we can go go listen to the the sick podcast Cleveland with Andy McNamara. We'll be breaking down some fantasy stuff. So we'll do it there this week. That's where you'll be able to find the fantasy island and of course go and, and download underdog fantasy. If you haven't done it by now, I don't know what you're waiting for. Now is the time to get into the mix. It's a lot of fun. You want some action. This is what you should do this weekend. Like this weekend, you're bored, you don't know what to do. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Go to download the app. Have some fun. Just go out there. Just whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. Go out there, play fantasy, find some contests, and have a good time. Want to also tell you if you're listening to the show right now on YouTube or whatever, you're watching us. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, tell us what your favorite moment was. Let's do best moments. I don't care. Like worst moments, who cares? Best moments. Let's keep this positive. Best moments. Go ahead and write that in. Or of course, if you just want to write in the word sick, let us know that you're watching and enjoying the show. We do appreciate you. Appreciate everybody being here. And we also want to say that, uh, you know what? Thank you so much uh, for everybody who does come in week in and week out. I know that the season has not worked out the way a lot of us thought it would. I know that I was the idiot who thought we were going to win 10 games, 12, whatever. I still stand by it. I mean, obviously it's wrong, but this team could be having a, a, a season similar to what the New York Giants are doing, what the Commanders are doing, because you see that once you get one of those fluke wins, look at what Washington did when they beat us, and then they started fluke winning their way into multiple wins. Same thing with the Giants. The Bears are not only going to do that next season. They could have done that this year. That's fine. We'll be better off next season for it. We're going to get that high draft pick. It's going to be a lot of fun. So in any event, thanks, for everybody, for being here. Uh, if you're if you're listening to us at the podcast, rate and subscribe five stars. If you could, that would be great. But until next week, we'll see you Tuesday and go ahead and bear down and Sammy play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Adam rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts brought to you by underdog fantasy and air pura.